This week, we're talking about the ban on TikTok, Biden's VP pick, and new uncoverings in the Jeffrey Epstein case, including a new revelation about former President Bill Clinton. I'm Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. back to the show. It's a slightly different format. Very different format, actually. Um, we're outside. We've got this new thing. Got a new camera. We're trying to... I'm trying to, you know, come back strong because I've been on a break. I intended to, re- to record episodes over the summer, um, but I've kind of uh, relived the same incident that I did last year where I did the summer break thing, but instead of recording videos, I just did nothing. I fell into a very just lazy slump and then I started writing my book, and then I started things started happening again, so I thought, why not return to the show? Um, so that's what we did, and we're starting with a lot of interesting things. Um, the first thing, one of my f- most favorite news pieces of news I've read probably in all of 2020. So we all know the, uh, the threat of TikTok to um, sanity, first of all. Uh, if you do live under a rock and you just don't know what TikTok is, it's a social media platform where mostly young children can dance to songs, edits, all sorts of things. I used to have one. I would make history memes with it. Listen, as a platform itself, it's not... Well, no, as a platform itself, I, I personally don't like it. But overall, it's not a horribly bad platform. Um, actually, before I continue on, I actually want to tell you some stuff. First of all, follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. And we have merch now. If you go onto the website, which will be linked in the description for the YouTube video, and uh, you can find it, well, if you're listening to the episode just through the audio version, you're probably on the website. There's a shop section, which has my book in it, and it has pieces of merch. You can get a shirt, you can get a hoodie, you can get a mug, or you can get some socks with our logo on it. Um, Or you can find it... Uh, uh, it's got a link to the to the actual. It's from Teespring. Um, so yeah, grab a shirt, grab a hoodie, grab something. You know, to if you want to support the show and if you want to brag to your friends about Under the Stars merch, which I'm sh- I'm sure you absolutely want to brag about your Under the Stars merch, or if you want to grab a copy of my book Broken America, um, which is all in the shop section in on our website, linked in the description, or uh, if you're listening to it again, you're already there. So anyways, TikTok is a, uh, it's a fairly harmless platform. Now, of course, personally, I have my own um, retributions, maybe. I don't know if that's the word. I have personal dislikings for it. Um, I personally think it festers a uh, community of very toxic, um, which I hate that buzzword, but it's true, very toxic, um, uh, sensitive people who, who have no real sense of reality for 99% of the time. 
Um, there are the uh, few and far between examples of people who, who just have sense and stuff on there. But there again, it's a few and far between thing. For the majority, TikTok breeds a community of people that are just not very... Uh, uh, um, I don't want to say bright-minded, but you know, they're not the intellectual philosoph uh, philosophers of the past. You know, they, they certainly don't come close to, you know, our Aristotle or uh, Socrates or anything. They're, they're not... They, they, their impact on the world does not exist past social uh, goings-on. Everything else besides the social world has basically little, little care for them whatsoever. But the main thing with TikTok is that it's owned by a Chinese company, uh, ByteDance. Now, what we have to remember about Chinese companies, especially ones that have access to um, as much information as TikTok does, because remember, most, if not everything online that you're searching, everything you're seeing is monitored by either the government or the private companies you've agreed to, wor to uh, work hand-in-hand -hand with. Google, Microsoft, Google, Microsoft, your Xbox, your uh, PlayStation, every app you own, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, they all download all the data about you that they can possibly get their hands on. Your birth, your date of birth, where you live, what things you search up, um, and TikTok has that same amount of reach as any other app or platform online does. What makes this a problem is that TikTok is a Chinese-owned company, or it's owned by a Chinese-owned company. Now, here's the thing about China, about their own uh, these companies based in China. ByteDance is the one in this example. Um, China is a, a state-based capitalist system. It's it's state, yeah, state-based capitalism, which means all the companies, all the businesses are are owned by the government which which we could just say is communism but it's a if you're if we're going to break it down to the little nits nicks and knacks we could call it state but either way it doesn't matter what it is the the fact of the matter is the chinese government has total jurisdiction over ByteDance and all the information that tiktok owns which means every every piece of information that tiktok can get which is a fairly extensive amount of information on majority of American youth, because let's face it, though based in China, TikTok is very popular in the United States and UK, so on and so forth, which means that China is accessing just about any piece of information you've given them through TikTok. Um, and people might be going, well, why is that a problem? Why should, why is Trump banning it because of that? Well, let's face it, it's already a bad enough problem that our own companies are spying on us and taking all this information from us, let alone our own government, but the, our own companies are taking our information and using it as they will. Um, we have a foreign government that hates us with a passion that has all this information on millions, literally millions, maybe even billions, I can't remember, on a very large amount of American citizens and American children. That's, it's a national security threat as far as in terms of that sense. I simply just don't like the app, so I would love to see it go away. Um, but in terms of actual national security, TikTok existing could be a national security threat when a country that hates us has access, large majority access, to a, a giant crap ton of information about us, about our youth, um, and a large influence, and can then influence how they react to things. I mean, they already do that through education because I, I discussed... In one a previous episode a while back, that uh, the education department uncovered that China had been funding six billion dollars of of 
higher education in the United States. So China very clearly wants to control the way our children think. Uh, I've talked about this before. I talk about this all the time. Every ideology and every government on earth basically wants to do that. But China is the one that goes that has like the ability to go to go all out with it. You know, our governments that through democracy have to like drag it out. They have to make it a process. Um, whereas in China, they just kind of directly go for it and they, they get what they want. So that's why this could be a problem. Anyways, this article is from NPR. It's about uh, Trump's signed an executive order Thursday night saying TikTok has 45 days to get absorbed by an American company or get completely banned in the United States. So President Trump on Thursday invoked his emergency economic powers to impose broad sanctions against TikTok, a move that steps up pressure on the Chinese-owned app to sell its U.S. assets to an American company. In the order, which takes effect 45 in 45 days, any transactions between TikTok's parent company ByteDance and U.S. citizens will be outlawed for national security reasons. In practice, experts told NPR the order likely will mean the viral video service would no longer receive advertising from American companies and the app could be removed from Apple and Google's app, and Google's app stores. For the more than 100 Ameri million, American, 100 million Americans who have downloaded TikTok, experts say the app may no longer be sent software updates, rendering TikTok unmanageable and eventually non-functional with time. Um, and then it goes into other stuff, but that's really what I wanted to talk about. So, do I support this? 100%. One, because I just simply don't like the app and the, and the society that it festers, because it's a society that, one... One of our greatest enemies, probably one of the world's worst threats, has complete total control over it and can influence everyone on it however they want. And two, it does make sense from when we're talking about national security. A I mean, when we put it in simple uh, terms, a country that hates us has access to who knows how much information on us it's like giving it's like handing a person a loaded gun and saying shoot me right now and ordering them to shoot you um which is exactly what would could likely happen should china decide to do anything with the information now to play devil's advocate you know we talk about in the United States, we talk about information breach all the time with companies like Microsoft and Google, and they're reading the stuff you search. You know, I get ads on, like, cars I search up um, on Instagram that I searched on Google, like, a month before. When we really think about it, a lot of that stuff is primarily harmless, but we have seen it been used in negative ways before. Not only can do government agencies also end up having um, connections with a lot of this information, they can use it however they want. And that simple fact that they could just turn on us if they just simply were like, you know what, you should just do whatever I tell you to. Here, you know, and they just start doing what they want with the information, it becomes a dangerous process for American citizens. And it becomes a threat to their liberty. So it, I can understand that like I said, though it is primarily harmless when we actually look at what they've been, what American companies do with the information, when we talk about the the uh, potential threat it serves to the liberty of the American citizens, that's when it starts to become a problem. And that problem increases when a foreign government that has a very large disdain for our country also has that same power over our citizens. Um, and our citizens, I hate to say this, but our citizens are fairly gullible. They'll, they'll, at least the, the large majority of them, they will listen to anything they're told. Uh, and our youth are highly influenced by this app. Now, I'm not saying we should influence them the complete opposite way. I'm saying we should be giving them, we should 
take away an opportunity for China to further manipulate the youth of the United States. Because like I explained in that episode a little while back where they, where we revealed that China's been funding higher education, like $6 billion, it poses a, a, a security threat to our citizens and to the future of this nation and liberty overall when a foreign government that has disdain for us has control over us. And so it's for that simple fact that I, I would say that... Um, a ban on TikTok would be nice. Now, however, a point was brought up that I did not think about. It's likely that this 45-day thing is because Trump wants the the uh, the app to be absorbed by an American company. Microsoft was the one that has been namely talking about having trying to work out deals with ByteDance. Um, and I, I could likely see that happening, that I could, I could see Trump wanting that to be the goal, wanting, because he talked about we could either ban it or take a piece of their share, because he's a, let's face it, he's a business-minded man, he's thinking, how can I make money from this? Though I understand that thought process, I believe we should simply outright ban it. Now, again, to be completely fair, I'm being biased on this situation, I just simply do not like that app whatsoever. Um, I, I deleted it almost a year ago. Like, as of, like, in two or three months, I will have deleted TikTok for a year. Um, so, I, I am being partially biased on this situation, but I do believe, in terms of national security, it makes sense to simply ban it. Um, because I think we need one less reason to have someone spying on us. Even if it's, even if we absorb the, its U.S. assets, um, I do believe that it will just become a weapon... Um, just it's just a different person who's holding the gun. So instead of someone that uh, hates us in a different country, it's someone that wants to control us in our own country, which is what I firmly believe. Basically, every major company. I mean, in the modern in the twenty first century, this may sound very conspiracy theoristy, and you can say whatever you want about it, but I I do firmly believe that basically every institution in power, whether it be whether it be political, economic, or you know or even our, uh, our school systems and all that, I firmly believe they all have some sort of bias that they want the American citizens to follow. It's just rather than, rather than this dystopian, oh, they're forcing us, they're brainwashing us, it's rather just not helping you uh, correct your mistakes type of thing. And I could explain that, but that's not fairly related to this um, topic. I'll, I'll kind of go into depth through it right here. Um, the simple idea is that over the last 244 years, I believe it is how old America is, We've uh, imported the same practices of manipulation, these new practices designed around the time the revolutions broke out all around the world and in the new world. Governments had to think of new ways to oppress their citizens. So this new way is rather ingenious. It's simply de-intellectualizing the people to a uh, dumbed-down point and then handing them an opportunity to oppress them and control how they think and just letting them accept that because a, a, a de-intellectualized society will, will with open arms, accept, or accept um, a government telling them everything they need to do, think, eat, sleep, wear, um, because it's, it, it's more convenient. Um, and I firmly believe that our governments, our, our major companies, they all play into this effect because it's a fair, it's a, it's a very successful way to get people to just blindly accept everything you tell them to do and do it. It's, it's rather ingenious. I'm, I'm quite, in, I am impressed with, uh, the world's greatest powers for coming up with an idea. And 244 years is a fairly long time, at least for our standards. So, I mean, I'm impressed, uh, though I hate it. I don't like that, uh, concept overall, but that's the news with TikTok. 
Uh, next, uh, we had a dot. So there's been a uh, increase in the um, in the uh, debate on the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine uh, um, to combat COVID-19. So if you remember way back, I believe at the beginning of this season, or maybe at the end of season two, Trump was talking about this this chemical that seemed to slow down COVID-19 almost to a stop. Hydro, hy, I mean, hydroxychloroquine. Um, everyone said he was stupid because this couple drunk, drunk bleach, which happened to have it in it, and died. And they're like, oh, you kill people. You know, that basic, I saw a hilarious video about, you know, if you don't do what I want, you, you just want people to die. You know, that, that um, half, half-wit argument of you want to kill people, what, yada, yada, yada. Well, recently, a group of uh, professionally trained doctors who have been in their practice for some time have argued that hydroxychloroquine is actually helpful. Now, they're saying it's no cure. It's not a cure for COVID-19, as many people, as many Trump supporters are, are, are blindly saying, even though I don't... He may have said it. Um, either way, many on the right have been calling it a cure. But these doctors are saying it very effectively treats their patients. And uh, many people on the right are pointing out that a lot of these videos and a lot of this information of these highly trained professional doctors saying, I've treated so-and-so many patients that have been successfully nearly cured, if not um, a very close thing to cured of their COVID-19. There was this one, I believe she's a, she's from South Africa originally, um, who's treated, I think, some 300 patients with COVID-19 with hydro- hydroxychloroquine, and they've nearly recovered entirely. Um, and all this information in these videos are being blocked, being shut down by uh, these big internet sites. Another example of how they, they do want you to believe a certain thing. Um, our leading ex- expert, I don't necessarily trust him because he, like many of the people on this issue, they're not... Um, um, making up their minds on how dangerous COVID-19 is and what it can do and, and all that. Dr. Fauci, our, our, the U.S.'s leading quote-unquote expert on COVID-19, uh, I believe originally said it might work, and then he's like, no, no, it doesn't work. Um, let me read this. So Henry Ford Health System is standing by its hydro- hydroxychloroquine study after it came up during a congressional hearing with Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, testified last week. The hospital study found treatment with the anti-malaria drug significantly, quote-unquote, significantly cut the death rate in COVID-19 patients. But Fauci, the nation's leading expert in infectious disease, said the study was confounded by a number of issues, including that it wasn't randomized, placebo-controlled trial. In an open letter on the discussion surrounding Fauci's comments, health system leaders agreed the double-blind, randomized clinical trials are the most well-accepted method to determine the efficiency of a treatment. However, they noted that such studies take a long time to design, execute, and analyze. Quote, Therefore, a whole scientific field exists in which scientists examine how a drug is working in the real world to get as best the answer as they can as soon as possible. End quote. The letter reads, Quote, These types of studies can be done much more rapidly with data that is already available, usually from medical records. End quote. The letter also points out that the impact of political dynamics on the debate around hydroxychloroquine as a coronavirus treatment. President Donald Trump has repeatedly pushed the drug as an effective treatment, while many health officials have cast doubt on its safe and effective usage. Quote, unfortunately, the political climate that has persisted uh, has that has persisted has made any objective discussion about this drug impossible. And we are deeply saddened by this turn of events. End quote. The letter reads... Um, and they make a very, very, very fair point. So, 
these doctors are coming out. They're saying things. Dr. Fauci's saying uh, it doesn't work because the study conducted by uh, the Ford, um, uh, Ford uh, Health System, he's saying, and I, that is fairly true. I did look through it, and I did, with what little understanding I do have about the about studies and about testing this type of stuff, he is right that it is not as it's not the most appropriate version of the um, of a test that he could possibly do. However, they they are also correct in that it may have a point. Again, there are these doctors. I cannot even remember her name. Um, she was very passionate about the idea that uh, there are many. She's saying uh, again. It's the one who I believe is South African of origin. Um, who's saying many politicians and high-profile actors are probably taking it. She actually recently challenged all of them to give her a urine test so that she could see if they had hydroxychloroquine in their system. And she's the one who had treated near some near 300, 400 patients with hydroxychloroquine, and she claimed they all basically, that cut the death rate, I believe, over half. So some many doctors many very well trained doctors are saying that it works but then the nation's top leader in infectious diseases and many um frankly uh to be frank primarily left wing um advocates and groups are saying oh they're all crazy they're conspiracy theorists um or and of course these high officials are saying uh they, they're casting doubt. They're going, well, I don't know if you're right. Because some studies have said it doesn't work. Some studies have said it does. Um, we've got people claiming they've traded 300 to 400 patients. So how do we figure this out? My main thing, what I wanted to point out here, is what uh, the Ford Health System said. The political discussion around it, the political um, haphazardness that surrounds it, has, um, I want to say, near uh, corrupted the conversation entirely. People are pushing their agendas on whether or not hydroxychloroquine works um, and corrupting the discussion that's what, that we're trying to have here. If we wanted to do this right, I would suggest doing a legitimate study and then basing the answers, basing our conclusion, you know, the randomized uh, study and basing our conclusions on what we find, uh, uh, comparing it to this one, to these studies that say it works, comparing it to studies that say it doesn't, doing a full legitimate test, you know, and actually going through with it unpartisanly, or is that the word? We'll say unbiasedly, and trying to find out whether or not this could be a suitable treatment. Because if so, we've had a, a gold mine, because we would, supposedly a second wave should start like any day now, with the fall coming up. Um, but we are not, we're not going to be able to find out whether or not we can actually actively combat this disease if people are constantly using their political partisanship to, um, uh, I guess, corrupt the conversation. And so that's going to be a major problem with doctors who do want to efficiently and effectively test hydroxychloroquine, um, which I personally think may be a very helpful thing in, in not curing necessarily, but um, treating COVID-19. Um, so until we are able to unarm the political conversation that corrupts COVID-19, we are never going to be able to fully, um, uh, understand whether or not we can use it as a treatment for the uh, patients because supposedly the numbers are still kicking up and up and up. So if this, if we really are concerned about this, I say we try and run a legitimate test. I understand it takes a long time, but it's worth it if it could be a legitimate treatment for this disease. But again, until these political partisan, poli political partisan groups, on both the left and the right, quit trying to 
uh, project their agenda onto the, these, this discussion, we will never be able to actually determine whether or not we have the power to save lives um, with hydro hydroxychloroquine. So until that happens, we're we're stuck in a uh, in a uh, in a stalemate essentially. So, so the pick for the 2020 election for Biden's VP choice is coming up. And uh, the list is, I believe, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Susan Rice, and a couple others. But it, those three are the three I remember the most, the, the three that stood out to me. Um, he's supposed to pick his VP any day now. In fact, he may have already, he may already have. But I don't remember. But uh, Susan Rice was making a very fair case. She was the uh, former ambassador for the United States and the United Nations uh, under the Obama administration. From what I know about her career, she was fairly good at it. And uh, personally, if, if Biden were to win, I would rather him have Susan Rice as his VP than anyone else. But I'll, I'll read you basically her case for it. So she was recently at the top, but a lot of people are pushing for Kamala Harris now, which is not what I would want. Kamala Harris is not someone who I would, who I want to see in a, in a, uh, position of power that she already is in, let alone the vice presidency of the United States. However, so I'll go ahead and read this for you. Um, or no, I'm sorry, National Security Advisor is what she was, of Susan Rice. So I'll read this to you. This is from NPR. So former National Security Advisor Susan Rice told NPR she's, quote, honored and humbled to be on Joe Biden's short list for vice president and that her lengthy tenure in the executive branch would make her an effective number two. She said, I think I could bring my experience of almost now 20 years in the senior levels of executive branch to bear of the executive branch to help bear or to, to bear to help the, uh, tackle the most pressing problems we face. She told Morning Edition Steve Inskeep as an interview that aired Tuesday. If there's an opportunity to serve again, I'm certainly eager to do so, but not because it's something that I want for myself. I've been blessed to have served already at the highest levels, but if at a time when we are suffering domestically and internally, Internationally, I'm sorry. People with skills and experience are able to come back. My judgment is that they should say yes, even if it may not be the best thing for them personally. Now, well, let me keep reading actually a little bit. Rice, Rice, 55, is a veteran of the past two Democratic administrations, serving the National Security Council during the Clinton administration and as ambassador to the United Nations and subsequently National Security Advisor under former President Barack Obama. So she certainly has a lot of um, experience in this field. And if Biden were to choose a VP, I would rather him choose Susan Rice than Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warden, neither of which I believe deserves the office they have, let alone the vice presidency of the U.S. Um, and, of course, we can, 99% of the times, I put a lot of the statements politicians say under um, uh, incredible scrutiny because 99% of the time politicians are known for lying and cheating and all that. So, for all we know, what she said there could have been total BS, but... I think we should take it into account under the guise that, hey, maybe what if it was true? That is a very honorable thing to say, and if someone were to have to be his VP pick, I would rather it be uh, Rice than anyone else. Again, his pick should be made any day now, and when it is, I'll have to post about it on my Instagram and maybe bring it up during a, a future show. Um, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he goes with, because um, we know for sure that just about... He's going for a very progressive take on a, on a V on a vice president um, because his entire list is women as far as I know. And uh, almost all of them are women of color besides I think one or two. And it's a very short list. So it's like five, six people maybe. And almost all of them are women of color. So if uh, 
if he were to win and they were to get elected, uh, the vice president would likely be the first uh, woman of color vice president, which is, a, that is a monumental thing, though it's not the most important aspect to take, in, uh, to take out of a president or a vice president, but that is a monumental thing. So if that happens, that'd be a, a first in the United States. Um, so this is not even, I know I, my whole thing about this show is that it's American politics, but this might be related to it, and I, I wanted to talk about it anyway. A powerful explosion recently rocked Lebanon, um, which is already having problems as it is. Um, which I, I, I was fairly, because I know about a few problems in other nations, but I, I'm not fairly um, well-versed on the problems in other countries, especially in the Middle East. So Lebanese President Michael Ohn is calling on the cabinet to declare a two-week state of emergency in Beirut, I think is how you pronounce it, after a massive explosion near early Tuesday destroyed much of the city's port, killing at least 70 and injuring more than 3,500. Although the official cause of the blast is unknown, Alan tweeted, I will not be satisfied until we find the person responsible for what happened to hold him accountable and impose the most severe penalties on him because it is unacceptable that a shipment of, of ammonium nitrate estimated at two, uh, 2,750 tons has been present for six years in a warehouse without... Uh, taking preventive measures that enda that endanger the safety of citizens. Um, Prime Minister Hassan Diab met Tuesday night with Supreme Council of Defense ex with the Supreme Council of Defense, expressing his support for the call for those he calls martyrs and a speedy recovery for the wounded. He also called for an investigative committee to be formed immediately. Um, and then uh, Wednesday was uh, proclaimed a day of mourning. So. A story that some people were saying. Now, there is political tensions going on there with um, two groups. It, it reminded me of a lot with the, the political tensions happening around Iran, but I, I cannot remember for the life of me the name of the groups or the nature of which they wish to control the area. But I do know there is a group that doesn't like Lebanon, I believe. I could be terribly wrong. This is why... Uh, uh, um, this is why I don't do international news, because especially political news, because I don't know a lot about the politics. And maybe that's very insensitive of me, but um, I primarily focus on the United States. We have it bad enough as it is right now. Um, but I certainly give all my condolences to the people of Lebanon and uh, Beirut and all the uh, those injured. If, you, if you've seen the video, there have been multiple um, angles taken of it that, that have been released by now. Um, many people were injured. It looked pretty bad. It wasn't even necessarily the explosion that hurt people. It was the it was the blast from it. The explosion got anyone nearby, but the blast uh, totally just destroyed the city. And so, obviously, I would uh, give my condolences to the people of the city. And I agree that. Um, well, let me backtrack a, a, a moment. One of the original stories said was that there were firecrackers in the building. Now, if you look at videos that are close near the, the warehouse where these where this ammonium nitrate so, um, supposedly went off spontaneously, firecrackers were suddenly set off and that set off the ammonium nitrate. Now, sure, that's a believable story, but uh, some of the top military general experts in the U.S. and around the world are telling the president as of um, Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, Thursday, I mean, that this looks like it could possibly be a military, a, a legitimate attack on the city, on the city of Beirut in Lebanon, um, which a lot of people are believing, and I can't say whether or not I believe that. I would, obviously, I would like to think it's some freak accident, but I mean, when we have the top military generals in the United States and around the world saying that this looks more like an attack than it does a, um, than it does an accident. It's hard to decide. 
whatever happens, I hope whoever was responsible for this, whether or not it was an attack or an accident, should receive um, the highest form of punishment that they can receive. Because when you do that to people, whether or not you meant to, you deserve to, um, to that many people uh, on such a large scale, you deserve to face uh, the, the punishment for the crime you've done. It's like my uh, dad always tells me, you do the crime, you do, the, uh, what is it? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, you do the crime, you do the time. That type of th Those types of philosophies are important. Whether or not we want to say this was an accident or it was a, a legitimate attack, it's important to understand that you do the crime, you do the time. So, um, again, my condolences to Lebanon, to the city of Beirut, and I hope everyone recovers uh, swiftly and, uh, and uh, peacefully, and let's hope nothing like this happens again. Um, and of course, with the political tensions, it does look like it possibly could be an attack and that it possibly could happen again. But of course, we're going to hope it doesn't. Um, so new information on the Jeffrey Epstein case arrived with Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey and others after uh, considerable evidence. Um, I have two things here. So Bill Clinton was photographed with a, a convicted pedophile and uh, now a dead man, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, obviously we had Ghislaine Maxwell, who's in prison right now, willing to release the list of, uh, of everyone who's flown back and forth between Pedophile Island or Little St. James, as, uh, Epstein called it. Uh, uh, Clinton was pictured with Epstein, um, aboard the, L uh, L Lolita Express. Um, we've already, there's already been made, there's already been a million ties made with, uh, Clinton and Epstein and the pedophilic behavior. Obviously, Prince Andrew was also tied to the pedophilic behavior. A woman came out against him, which is a very brave thing to do to powerful people. Um, so new photos obtained by the New York Post show former Democratic President Bill Clinton. Let me, before this turns on. I bug just flew by my face. Um, President Bill Clinton aboard convicted uh, sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's plane in 2002. Clinton was photographed smiling with Epstein's reported gal pal, his girlfriend at the time, Ghislaine Maxwell, at the entrance of the financer's Lolita Express during a humanitarian trip to Africa, which was allegedly hosted by the former president's foundation, according to the Post. I remember this. The Africa trip that uh, um, they brought, I think some of Jeffrey Epstein's earliest victims that like came forward back in the 90s, originally to the FBI. It was a trip that one of those earlier victims um, went on and was funded by Clinton during his presidency, not during his presidency, uh, right after his presidency. So it, these ties are getting more and more serious with Epstein, with all of Hollywood, with many politicians, uh, with literal royalty. The world is going up in shambles. Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison currently. I don't think she's killed, she's killed herself yet, but I'm certain it's going to happen. Or maybe not, maybe not, but I feel like with what happened to Epstein the unlikely circumstances with him, there's no way that they're going to let, that the people who are involved with Epstein are going to let Ghislaine Maxwell uh, spill the beans after taking care of Epstein. A very, very powerful and very influential man anyway, who had, kind of had a tie over all of them, essentially. He was the man who, like, held this very horrible thing they did to many underage girls, um, um, and I believe some boys, I could be wrong, um, over their heads and they finally got rid of him. So there's no way they're just going to let his girlfriend suddenly spill all the beans. But who knows, maybe that'll happen. And if it does, I mean, basically all of the world is going to have to get prosecuted or 
we're just gonna they're just gonna try and force us to take a blind eye to it. But I can guarantee you there are many people out there we're not gonna let that slide. Okay? We are not gonna let the 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 sexual abuse of many innocent and wonderful people go go uh go off to the sideline, become a back burner issue because some politicians wanna want you to vote for them in an election or some actors want you to go watch their stupid movie. Okay? That's not acceptable. And uh I certainly hope that the uh the list of everyone that's been on the Lolita Express over to uh, over to Little St. James is released, and I hope everyone's prosecuted because I would love to watch basically all of Hollywood have to go downtown. That's just a hilarious thing to me, and I just I despise people like that. So it brings me warm feelings to know that we're getting like right on the verge of possibly uh, finally persecuting these people. But you know, again, you've got to remember with what they did to Epstein, it's very likely that Galen Maxwell will likely end up dead as well uh, because. These people in power, I certainly do believe they did this thing. We can play the devil's advocate thing and say, well, if they did, whatever. The fact of the matter is, if we are right, and these people have ties to, the, to Ghislaine and Epstein and more, they deserve their justice. They deserve their day in court. And they, de- I mean, honestly, they deserve, they deserve to be shot in the head. But... um. They, the least they deserve is their day in court because these people think they can just get away with anything because of their political or social status. They think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Prince Andrew. I can do whatever I want. I'm Bill Clinton. I can do whatever I want. I'm Jeffrey Epstein. I can do whatever I want. They think because of their money and their social status, they can get away with some of the worst possible crimes you can possibly, you could ever commit in this country, on this planet, in the universe, as far as I'm concerned, ruining completely the lives of innocent people. Innocent, wonderful people, mind you, who are very expressive and creative and and contribute so much to this world, and you think you can just ruin their lives and ruin the way they perceive everything. I will not stand for that. And as far as I'm concerned, every person who even remotely was involved with Epstein, yes, that includes Trump, should be heavily scrutinized, heavily heavily investigated, and if they are found guilty of committing these pedophilic acts of sexual abuse against minors, and, and women, and some men, and boys, I, I may be wrong, I, a very large array of people is what I'm saying. They deserve to be prosecuted to the fullest extent. They deserve, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the death penalty anyway, but those people, I firmly believe, deserve the death penalty. That's not something I will let slide. Maybe I'm being stubborn about it, maybe I'm being insensitive about it, but I firmly stand by that opinion. So, I'm hoping revelations like these coming keep coming up, and I hope this story doesn't just die down. Um, because this is very a very uh, important issue to me and to many others in this nation. Uh, another reminder, make sure to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. It's at H-E-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. And to go to my shop on my website or to go to Teespring, you can get some of my merch. You can get a shirt, a hoodie, a mug, or some socks with my logo on it. That's just cool. So, after considerable violence, uh, riots related to Black Lives Matter and... Some a lot of it not. Senator Ted Cruz held a subcommittee meeting on the right to peaceably assemble. They talked about uh, a, 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 a grand amount of things. This isn't going to automatically play, is it? No. So the Senate Committee on, uh, on the Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution hearing, uh, they, it was the right of the people to peaceably assemble, protecting speech by stopping anarchist violence. Originally, it was scheduled for Wednesday, but then they had to move to August 4th. So I got to watch some of it on TV. 
it's a very important issue because, listen, the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to protest things that they think are wrong, like racial injustice, whether or not you believe it exists, is very, very important. It's a First Amendment right. The people have the right to march in the streets with their Black Lives Matter signs and to, um, and to advocate for the people that have been unjust, unjustly murdered by police. Because that has happened. That does happen all the time. In fact, it's happened in my family. I'm not, I'm not black. I'm, I'm not related to any uh, minority whatsoever by blood, obviously. But it happens to a lot of people. Is my, um, let me think, he'd be my great-grandfather, I believe. Um, a very intelligent man, but had an alcohol problem. The cops didn't like him. They follow him home. This is a completely true story. They follow him home one night after he beat them in court by himself. A very intelligent man. He beats them in court with by himself for charges that they tried to wrongly press against him. They follow him home and kill him in front of his 10, no, 11 children in his house. So unjust murders happen all the time, and they certainly do happen against racial minorities. Everyone at that hearing, all the professionals agreed that white supremacy still seems to be a large issue in America. I don't, I don't understand why. I certainly, I'm not saying they're not right. I do believe white supremacy is a major issue in the United States still. What I want to know is why. Why are so many people still clinging on to this outdated idea of black versus white? Of this 1950s, you know, uh, Ku Klux Klan crap. This garbage. Why are they clinging on to this? Okay? Skin color doesn't matter. It's such an arbitrary thing, yet we as a species cling on to these arbitrary issues. <sighs> I don't know why. Maybe it's sentimental value. Maybe we're just stupid. I, I don't know. But we have so many people cling on to these issues on both the left and the right. And they just simply will not drop it. Uh, let me think. A year ago, a couple days ago, was the one-year anniversary of the El Paso shooting. I talked about it last season. One of the worst, I believe, the worst uh, crime against Hispanic Americans in the United States. And this type of stuff is happening all over the place. Why are white people killing everyone? I mean, I'm, it's kinda, I kind of laughed about that. I, I'm terribly sorry. That's not a joke. It is a serious problem. I firmly believe that. And it is the right of the people to go in the streets and say, Hey, our police are... They kind of suck. I 100% agree. Our police kind of suck. I'm, I mean, I'm part, I'm part of a police family. My uh, grandfather was a sergeant detective. And listen, he was a wonderful man, never, commit, never did any wrong thing in his life, especially in his career. But that doesn't mean the system is good. It just means some people don't do whatever they're, well, don't do, don't follow that crowd. But a lot of them do. Our police system is horribly corrupt, has terrible training, and these horrible, awful people uh, get these positions of power where they can murder people simply because they don't like them. Now, there was recent uh, stuff that I meant to add to the to the uh, thing. Uh, new body cam footage was leaked of the George Floyd arrest. He was on drugs, but that has no effect on how he died. He died because he was murdered by an awful hurt person. Um, uh, but he did... It was said that he was completely peaceful during the, uh, tra the interaction. The um, body cam footage did reveal that uh, he did resist arrest. However... However, resisting arrest does not merit murder. He had no weapon. He seemed to be uh, in a state of mind 
it wasn't, I don't think necessarily because of the drugs, because uh, based on how much, like, how they were in his system, he could have consumed them as, as late as uh, a day before he was even murdered. Um, my point is, there was no excuse for murdering him. He did resist arrest, but that still does not mean he deserved to be, have his neck, neck, uh, sh uh, not shoved down, well, I guess shoved down by this officer's neck. Um, the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, uh, Ahmed Arbery, um, um, many, 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 many more. They all deserve to have their day in court. Same as the pedophiles. They all deserve their, their, their day in court because these, and we, the people have the right to go in the streets and ask for them to have their day in court. That is the first amendment right of every citizen in this nation. However, however, you don't have a right to take a rock and throw it into a business's window because they don't support your movement. You don't have a right to take a, um, how do you pronounce it? Molktov? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. You know, the flaming bottle thing. You don't have a, a right to throw, um, to attack officers. You don't have a right to burn police cars, to destroy businesses, to, um, to threaten the lives of people who don't agree with you. You don't have that right. You don't have the right to riot. I understand the rage, but here's the thing. Rage is a very strong emotion, and strong emotions are void of intelligence. That's not an, that's not an, uh, an insult. That's a, just a legitimate flact. That's an a, a legitimate fact. We need to be sensible about this, but passionate. Does that make sense? Of course we need to go in the streets and protest this and talk about the fact that uh, the black lives in our country do matter and talk about the fact that white supremacy needs to end today. We do need to bring these issues up. The, the murderers of Breonna Taylor, the murderers of George Floyd, the murderers of Ahmed Armory, the murderers of every innocent black American in this nation deserve to have their day in court. And we need to stand up and tell them they do. But we do not need to destroy every business that doesn't agree with us. We do not need to threaten the lives of the people who disagree with us because that is political ignorance. That is saying you have to agree with me. That's the thing. Here's the thing that I talk about all the time about freedom, about liberty. The one big thing about liberty is that it really sucks. Because people can say things that you don't like and you have to tolerate it. Even if they are completely wrong, they have the right to believe it and to say it. They have the right to say horrible, awful things and truly believe them. They forfeit those rights when they begin threatening yours, that's the only point where it needs to, um, where we have a right to say, hey, you can't do that. Um, and like actually force them not to do the things we don't like. It does not start at, um, I don't like what you believe. Even, again, even if they're wrong, that is the basis of liberty. People have the right to be uh, uh, sexist, racist, homophobic people. It sucks, yeah, sure. But if you begin to threaten their right to, f to their liberty, to believe whatever they want, even if it's stupid and bad, you become, you, you become a tyrant. You're no better than that person when you begin to threaten their rights. And I don't like defending these people, guys. But if you're going to believe these tyrannical beliefs that forcing people to believe what you want them to is better than trying to convince them through influence, through intellectual conversations, that they should 
that they should change their hearts and change their minds, then I cannot support you, okay? I just simply will not. I support the concept of liberty. I support the liberty of some stupid person to say he thinks, uh, 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 I don't know, gay people shouldn't get married or whatever. And, but I also support your right to go in the street and protest that guy for saying it. Because that's how liberty works. It does not favor one side or the other. The political compass, the parties, they need to drop this idea that liberty is something that they preserve for everyone who agrees with them and everyone else is just stupid and has to die. Okay? Understand that the concept of liberty is for all citizens, and it only ends when they begin to start threatening the lives and the liberty of their fellow citizens. Which happens in the case of these officers who killed George Floyd, who killed uh, Breonna Taylor, who killed Ahmed Arbery, and, uh, and others, obviously. These people who actually threaten and take away the lives of, of other citizens because of their position of power or because they simply think they can need to have their day in court, they need to be prosecuted. And you need to have the right to go out there and do that. But you do not have the right, and you don't need the right, to go out and violently force people to believe what you want. Because everyone, the, the idea that a lot of these people are doing, let me check and make sure my audio is still working, because I, I have anxiety about the audio not working spontaneously. No, it is. Okay. Because a thing that many people do is that they believe that... Um, what they're doing, they're, they're, they're like, we have the right to overthrow a government that is corrupt. They do. I firmly stand by that idea. <laughs> but here's the thing. These people who are writing, who are saying we need to violently, for we need to bring upon the revolution and stop, you know, all that stuff. These people are not fighting for liberty. They're fighting for liberty for people who agree with them. It's that one-sided partisan crap that I absolutely despise. This one-sided thing of you deserve liberty if you agree with me. That is not correct. And you do not have a right to, to destroy a, the means of government that uh, disagrees with you just to implement one that w agrees with you. Because you're, you're, not, you're not preserving liberty. You're just flipping the scale. You're, you're flipping the switch. Turning the, turning the corner to change a new leaf that's just your side. And, may, and hey, maybe I'm generalizing here. But it seems for the majority, many people are doing that. And it is imperative that we remind them that liberty is more important than getting people to agree with you. Or, or forcing them to, rather. Getting people to agree with you is actually a very important thing. If you truly believe you are right. Even if, even if you aren't, if you believe you're right, it is important to believe, to get people to try and agree with you through logical uh, uh, reasoning and conversation. Not through violence. Not through force. Because you're not... You... you Every ounce of respect I have for you, every amount of um, legitimate goodwill you have in you, drains out the second you believe you have to force people to, to agree with you. That is, it is an ignorant, politically ego, uh, egotistical thing, egotistical thing, sorry, to do. Okay? And, uh, so yeah, that's my take on that. Our last piece of news. So Trump is to, the Trump campaign is trying to sue Nevada over the mail-in voting decision for November. So, a big controversy with the election is that people are arguing over mail-in voting, which is simply it's sending the ballots to the people to their mailboxes because of COVID-19. 
Now, the Trump campaign plan campaign plans on suing Nevada for that for saying they're going to do that in November. So the Trump campaign filed a lawsuit Tuesday against the state of Nevada over its plan to send absentee ballots to active voters this November in a major expansion of mail-in voting in the battleground state. The RNC has a vital interest in protecting the ability of Republican voters to cast and Republican candidates to receive effective votes in Nevada elections and elsewhere. The lawsuit filed by the Trump campaign, the Republican National, the Republican National Committee, and the Nevada Republican Party said. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to spread through the country, some states have looked to expand mail-in voting options ahead of November's election. President Trump, however, has, has claimed that expanded mail-in voting will lead to fraud in the election, as CNN pre has previously reported Voting by mail rarely results in fraud because CNN is stupid. This is from the CNN article, which is a lie. Um, because when it comes to mail-in voting, a guy claimed to be, what was it, James O'Keefe from uh, Project Veritas. Uh, was it mail-in voting? Yeah, it was. When he said he wanted to vote under the name of, J of uh, Marshall Mathers, Eminem's name. And they j he was like, ah, I forgot my uh, thing. Or my... Uh, my uh, I think it was my idea or whatever. He's like, can I, is, my name's Marshall Mathers. Can I get a... And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Not only that, but many times have um, mail-in voting led to, um, for somehow, a cat received a mail-in vote ballot and a dead person received a ballot. I do believe mail-in voting is a horrible option. At first, I was... Um, I was uh, pretty open to the idea. I was like, I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's fine. But when I started actually looking into it and seeing how many, like, animals and dead people are getting ballots and people who aren't eligible to vote are getting ballots and giving and uh, uh, unfairly given a voice, which I'm all about giving people voices, but we've, there's a system you've got to go through. And if you're not going to go through it, you don't deserve the ballot, okay? Laziness does not... Being lazy does not get... Uh, you don't automatically deserve um, a say in these democratic elections if you're going to be lazy about everything, okay? Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so, but many Democratic senators, um, many Democrats and, uh, leftists and liberals across the nation of saying, ah, oh, mail-in voting's fine. In fact, it, it, uh, 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 what was the word? I saw a, a piece of art that was a, a mailbox and on it, it had the words, this machine kills fascists. I was going to post a picture of it and put in powers with a little, um, asterisk, but I thought, no, that's a little too, uh, I didn't want to post it. Yeah, I might do it later, but, um, they're saying it's, it's perfect fine. In fact, it's better for the election. It's, it's gonna, it's, you know, yada, 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 a bunch of stuff to make that, to, to further protect their political ego. Um, but my thing is these people who are saying we have to do mail-in voting to protect people from COVID-19 are the same people that are, that are, um, not condemning, uh, commending these riots and protests, these large, large gatherings of protests. And these are the same people that are saying, I oh, know Trump can't have a rally, but BLM can do a protest. Listen, I'm all about being safe from COVID-19, but if we, if we honestly believe that we can make BLM protests safe, then I think we can make elections fairly safe as well. You know, it's not that hard to make the elections safe. If, again... We either, Democrats need to either ex admit that the BLM protests shouldn't be happening because it's increasing risk for COVID-19, which I'm not going to say this is the, it's the direct causation of it or it's in direct correlation with it. But since BLM protests have started, COVID-19 uh, uh, cases started shooting up again. So Democrats either, and these people need to either admit that these protests are not safe 
and shouldn't be happening, or they need to admit that, hey, if we can make a BLM protest safe, we can make an election safe too. Either one works for me. I'm not saying, you know, Democrats are stupid. I'm saying you need to make up your darn mind. You're either, but they're playing this two-faced game because I believe, like I believe with every party, they don't actually care. They're not good people. They want power. That's all they want. They want to have the ability to own you. They own you. They own your minds. And now they, they, they're just trying to continue to find new, more ways to own you. Okay? Um, and that's what I see this as. So if, if, if Democrats, if liberals, if whatever, if they don't make a decision on whether or not BLM protests are safe or dangerous, then I'm going to start, I'm not going to be a huge fan of mail-in voting, all right? Um, I, do, I personally believe we can make mail-in or uh, in-person voting safe. Um, we do we do it all the time with other things. I see. I say, why not? Why can't we do it with mail-in voting? And may, and maybe I'm inexperienced on this. I'd have to talk on like a health professional, someone who knows what they're talking about, to get an actual answer about this. But personally, with what little medical information I do have, I do believe we can make these uh, the elections safe, and I believe we should try to. I think that's very important. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my take on that. So. Uh, inaugural welcome back episode, uh, episode 11. I'm hoping I can continue to get back on the weekly track with these. Um, yeah, that's kind of the goal for this for the up, upcoming months. I'm going to try and go through the rest of the year and hopefully season four, should there be one. Mm, um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> should there be one? Um, well, I'll, I'm going to try harder to not be as lazy when making these videos. I'm going to try and put as much effort as I can and I apologize. I do want to remind you again, follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-E-G-H-U-Y-N-O-A-H. That's basically the only social media I have. I also have a Snapchat, actually, if you want to follow that. That's uh, Noah Huey 2019, I believe. Um, bad choice of name, I know. Um, and then also, we now have merch on our channel. Again, you can find it in the link in the description if you're watching the YouTube video or you, if you're on the website, just go to the shop section. Again, it's on the website. It's in the shop section. You can uh, click on the links to the t-shirt. You can get a hoodie. You can get a mug. Sport a nice mug, get a cup of uh, tea or some water or coffee or whatever. Or you can sport out a nice t-shirt over these last few summer weeks. Or when the fall comes rolling around, you can get yourself a Under the Stars with Noah Huey hoodie. Or just a pair of socks if you like socks. Or you can order my book, again, that's in the shop on my website and the link in the description on the YouTube. Or, again, just the shop section on the website. Thanks so much for listening in this week and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.